0: Hey, friends, welcome to Still With You. My name is Coley Browning, and I am so excited that you're joining me for another episode of the podcast. The music that you're listening to in the background is from our friend Lily Gray. Make sure you check out all of her music by going to LilyGray.com. You can also find her on social media. The song you're listening to is her song, Lifted. And I'm so excited to say that she is doing a reimagined version that is coming out in two days. I definitely will be sharing that with you soon. I am so excited, but until then, you can find more ways to connect with her at LilyGray.com. This episode is a little lengthy that you're about to listen to. It's about an hour long, but you know me, I love to talk and I love to ask questions. The more time I can spend with my friends, the better. So I wanted to tell you that it's a little long, but it is so worth staying and listening to every second. This episode means so much to me for a variety of reasons. You'll hear why as the episode unfolds. I am seriously so excited to be introducing the friend on the show today. For you Pensacola locals, this is such a treat because today I am talking with our friend who we all have loved and been moved by their family, Whitney Lawson. Whitney is a North Carolina native and one of six members of the crazy Lawson tribe. This is the self-given name she and her family lovingly began calling themselves when they said yes to a wild international adventure with Jesus. Chris, Whitney, and their four beautiful daughters have been serving in Thailand as missionaries for over three years. Every day they share the gospel with others, specifically the unreached people of Thailand. They have a passionate vision to plant churches through discipleship-making movements by leading the unreached to Christ and equipping them to disciple others. It is easy to sit back and read about the amazing work the Lawson family is doing for the kingdom, but there are countless details of their journey that cannot be shared in 100 words or less. Today, I am so excited to go way beyond 100 words as I speak with Whitney. In our conversation, she opens the door as she shares their own Personal testimony, and their story is one of transformation, travel, and true love found only at the feet of Jesus. Prior to speaking with Whitney, I had heard bits and pieces of their story, but goodness. It is lovely and amazing to hear all of it straight from her. You're going to hear me say this a lot in my conversation with Whitney, but their family means the world to me. I have been so touched by the footprints and the echoes that they have left upon my city of Pensacola and in the hearts of my friends. And that has spilled over into my life in so many ways. They've taught me about what serving looks like and true obedience, bold, radical obedience, which you guys are gonna hear about and be blessed by this is such a cool day to be a podcast host in my opinion because chris and whitney are true heroes of mine please welcome the mama of the tribe she's a joy seeker and a deep feeling enneagram for my brave friend whitney lawson Your family's Christmas card is hanging in my office. I see it every single day, Aww. and I'm reminded to pray for you guys. And you have a beautiful family. Thank you, <laughs> poor girl. Did you always want to
1: have like that many children? So funny story. Um, when Chris and I were dating, we did want to have six kids. That was like our number. But I was sure it was going to be six boys. We were like going to have a soccer team full of just blonde mop-headed boys. That's what I had
0: pictures, but. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) The Lord had a different plan. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And then you got the exact opposite. That is, hey, you could still have a soccer team though. Yes, a girls (laughs) soccer team. Yes, we could. Are you and Chris both from North Carolina? I've done a little bit of watching of your videos on YouTube and, and and on your site, and so I was I I know that you all have a North Carolina connection. Yeah, so
1: I'm actually from North Carolina, born and okay. raised. Love North Carolina; it's amazing. Chris is actually from. Virginia. Okay, We're both kind of from the same sort of area, but different states.
0: How did you two meet? I mean, I'm guessing like Virginia, that's where the Naval headquarters is. And I know that he was in the Navy, correct? Yes.
1: So Chris grew up in central Virginia. And then his senior year of high school, his dad got a job in North Carolina in Pilot Mountain, so like central North Carolina. And I'm from Northeast North Carolina, from a town called Elizabeth City. It's a coasty town, so any coasties out there know Elizabeth City. But it's really close to the Outer Banks, probably like 40 minutes away from the Outer Banks. That's like another landmark. And Chris was in his first year, first or second year of training in the Navy. Um, he was 19, I was seventeen, and we had both attended like a nineties Grunge rock band at the Norva there in Norfolk. It's kind of a funny story, and I love telling it with Chris because he just has this really sweet way of telling it. He said that when I walked into this concert hall, it's like Grunge, everybody's wearing black and fishnets and like super dark. Eye makeup, and it's totally not my scene. Like, we had both been dragged there by our friends. That's so funny. Yeah. And so he said, I walked in and I had long blonde hair and a Ralph Lauren sweater on and Ugg boots and pearls. And he said, it was like a light was like shining down from heaven. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And this is the part where I say, Yeah. And I didn't even notice you. <laughs> oh no, poor guy. Yes. Yeah. But he ended up making his way to me and introducing himself. And he almost got punched in the face because there was this line of guys behind me that were just being really rude, like talking very loudly about me and my appearance. And so I thought it was one of those guys, you know, tapping on my shoulder and it was Chris. And I just had my fist clenched and he puts his hand out and he's like, hi, I'm Chris. And we're like yelling back and forth between songs somehow he got my number. I'm not really sure. He was pretty smooth.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Wow. Man, and you were going to punch him too. Poor guy. (laughs) Did you guys just start dating after that? I was in my junior year of high school at that point.
1: And yeah, he was like in his second year of training in the Navy. And we just started dating. He would drive down to see me. I wasn't allowed to drive to see him. We just kind of fell in love, you know, not in a glorifying way. So like my story, from the beginning is I didn't grow up in a Christian family, mm-hmm. but my dad's mom, so my grandma, she was just the most amazing woman. She just loved the Lord fiercely and she just could pray. Like she just was like a prayer warrior. And I know that so many things have come to fruit in my life are because of prayers that she prayed over me when I was before I was even born. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so when I was about I think like five around that time, my parents weren't going to church, but my grandma would start to pick me up and take me. From age five on, I was going to church with her and at a really early age had decided to follow Jesus. I think I was probably about seven and I just knew he had done so much for me. He gave his life for me and I believed it with my whole heart. And I remember saying to him, I was like, Jesus, if you can give your life for me, then I can give my life for you. I had a genuine relationship with him from an early age, but because I just didn't have, I don't know if it was the resources or what exactly, but there was a point probably around 14 where I just started to care more about the world. Mm-hmm. And I still love the word with my whole heart, but I just began to put other things first and boys was one of them. And so when Chris and I first started dating, there were boundaries. I had hoped to stay pure until marriage, but I crossed those boundaries, you know, and he was so crisp this whole time, Mm -hmm. grew up in a family that wasn't religious at all. He had kind of come to the conclusion at this point at 19 that he was an
0: atheist and a pretty staunch atheist. When I first heard that from Emily, I was like, wait, like Kristen Whitney Lawson, like (laughs) the amazing brave people for the Lord. I was like, oh my goodness. So yes, tell me more. Yeah. Isn't that so fun? I love the
1: way that the Lord just He's so amazing. Um, so, yeah. yeah, he was uh, an atheist. And I remember meeting him and just having conversations early on in our relationship. And just he was such a good guy. Like he just like had convictions, even though they weren't because of Jesus. He was had a lot of good values. But I remember being like, I think that you are a Christian, but you just don't believe in Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and really we just would like fight all the time about like is god really real or is he is, is he not and in my heart i just knew never once have had questioned mm-hmm. his existence for chris that was just really hard he couldn't understand and he just didn't want to have the faith for it either he, he kind of had experienced a lot of hypocrisy growing up in the bible belt of the country in virginia and he had seen like These people who called themselves Christians, getting their girlfriends pregnant, doing drugs, and telling him he was going to go to hell because he didn't go to church on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And he would say, how... Can you tell me I'm going to go to hell when you live like hell every day? Right. Yeah. And there I was, you know, a Christian, definitely not representing Jesus in our relationship. (laughs) So our story continues. We dated for two and a half years. He went on a six-month appointment my senior year of high school. And I'd hoped that he was going to propose to me. I mean, we really did love each other and really wanted to be married. But I think that he just was having commitment issues. Yeah, yeah. And so we get through that six-month deployment. He realizes he can't live without me. I went off to college. Um, I went to UNCW. Was so excited. Loved it. He gets back after my first semester. The first two weeks, I think. He just proposed out of nowhere. I was so shocked. He wrote me a song. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's so romantic. He is like the most romantic. He seriously is the
0: most amazing. Wait, did you get engaged at like 19 then? So at the time I was 18. Okay. I got engaged when I was 19 and then I was married when I was 20. And I, my husband's also in the Navy and we've done like nine months apart from each other. Uh-huh. And part of that we were dating and like part of we were married too. So I can totally relate with your story when you're saying like, "Is six months. I'm like, Oh, those are a long six months away from your mm-hmm. person. <laughs> it is. It
1: is. So, um, He proposed. Of course, I said yes. And um, we had planned to do a long engagement. I wanted to get through the halfway mark of my college. And he was supposed to get out of the Navy in two years. And we were just going to get married, then finish out school together. We had this whole plan. Well, about a month later, I found out I was pregnant. And that was so unexpected. And that really is like mm. the beginning of the turning point. When I found out I was pregnant with Addie, it was like, I don't know, like the worst thing I could have ever imagined for my life being unmarried and getting pregnant. It was okay to like have sex outside of marriage as long as I didn't get caught. But now I had like the reality of it in my life. I was just at a really low point.
0: Did your family, did they push you away or did they accept you?
1: It was really a hard season. My family eventually did become supportive, but yeah, it was really hard. And there was a lot of shame with all of it. When I told Chris, I remember he was like, on the flight line, getting ready to like go on a flight. And I called the quarter deck and I was like, I need to talk Petty Officer Lawson right now. They called him off the flight and I told him, you know, that I was pregnant. I'm sobbing. I'm like a mess. And he was like, baby, I'm so happy. And I'm like, what? I thought for sure. Like we had talked about it. We weren't going to have kids till later. We were thinking we're going to get married for a while. He's like, why don't we just get married right now? I'll drive up there next weekend and we can just get married. And I remember thinking like, wow, he must really love me. (laughs) Yeah. At that point, I felt like my whole life was... Upside down. And I remembered a scripture in Psalms 34. It says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, what joy awaits for those who take refuge in Him. Yeah. And I had tasted and seen that the Lord was good at a young age. And it was just a moment where I just needed to repent. And I was like, Lord, I've really messed this up and I don't know what to do. All I know is that I need you. I just rededicated my life to Jesus then and there. Let's see, that was in October and we got married in January. So about three 3 months later we got married. My family helped throw me a beautiful wedding. It was not what I had, you know, imagined my whole life, but looking back now I'm so grateful that I did get to have the wedding that I had wanted where yeah. all my family and friends and the people that mattered could come and celebrate us in the small little church that I grew up in. There are so many things that were special. We got married Life was really hard. He just picked up second class and so he had a lot more responsibilities at work. We were trying to buy a house. I decided to move from Wilmington back to Elizabeth City with my parents. We were just kind of waiting to find a house and we were looking in Virginia. We I kind of wanted to be close to my family because of deployments. I wanted to have them nearby and just thinking about having to drive an hour to see them or not have them right next door for any little thing was just too much. So we ended up buying buying a house about 10 minutes down the road from my parents. But it took us a while to close on it. So we lived with my parents during that time. And it was an hour and a half commute for him one way. So that's like three hours a day on the road commuting. And so because of the responsibilities, he was like leaving the house at like 3.30 in the morning to get to work on time and like wasn't getting home until six or seven o'clock at night. Yeah. He was exhausted. He was just really tired. And the environment of his squadron was just really heavy. He had gotten his call sign was outcast.
0: I can't even imagine. I can't.
1: It was just really hard. And the pressure was coming down. And honestly, he looks back now and he's like, I think I was just I was going through depression. Like I hated my life. Driving all those hours. It just felt like life was spinning out of control. And it was. But for me, I had Jesus taking the wheel for me now and he didn't. He was still trying to do all this in his own strength. So for Christmas, I had bought him like CD sermons and he had kind of like thrown them in the back of his car. He has three-hour commute in the car, five days a week, sometimes seven days a week. And I thought maybe he'll like get desperate and just like put them in his radio. And you know what he did? It wasn't until like three months after he got married that he started listening to him. And he was so intrigued. Oh my gosh. It was kind of like this guy was like challenging you to do good things. But Chris is like, I can hold the door open for people or I can pick up trash or I can like smile at people and not do it for Jesus. Like I can just do it because I want to. Uh Uh-huh. So weeks went by and I had no idea that this was going on. Okay. I did notice that he was like telling some like cheesy pastor jokes, Mm -hmm. which was just kind (laughs) of random. (laughs) So he listened to these and I think every day he would just turn it off when he started to start to give the salvation prayer at the end. Chris would be like, I don't need that. And he would just turn it off. But one day he left it on and he said it. He said the prayer with the pastor as he was saying it. He didn't turn it off. And then he says that it was just like Jesus came into his car. Oh, wow. And he was just immersed in this love that he had never felt Mm -hmm. before. He was just so depressed and so hurting and just really like feeling hopeless. Yeah. And it was all of a sudden he felt the tangible presence of Jesus in his car. And he believed. He believed with his whole heart. Me, I'm trying to be the good wife. And so every day when he'd get home from work, I would stand at the door and wait until I saw his car pull up and he'd get out and I would run out the door and say welcome home you know I wanted to be a happy place for him to come home to I remember this day he just is like three or four months after we had gotten married I was like big pregnant Mm -hmm. with Addie at this point and I remember embracing him and he just kind of pulls like away a little bit and looks into my eyes and he says Whitney I think I'm saved I thought he was joking I thought he was like being sarcastic and like trying to pick on me uh huh Yeah. And then I look in his eyes and he's like dead serious, but I'm still scared to like engage. If there was one person, I would look at them like I knew him well. At that point, we had known each other for almost three years. I knew that he didn't believe in Jesus. I didn't even pray for him to come to know Jesus. I prayed, Jesus, if you can just make my marriage good enough. If you can just make this good enough, that was it. That's all I asked for. Wow. He said, I'm saved. And I told him, I was like, what do you mean you're saved? And he was like, I believe, I believe that Jesus is real. Oh, come on. (laughs) Yes, yes. And so that was the beginning. And time went by. It wasn't just a radical change overnight, Uh but there was like tangible progress that I could see. It was like the Holy Spirit just put this hunger and desire in his heart to read the Bible. He was so hungry for God's word. It was like he couldn't get enough of it. He had gotten this like little military
0: Bible from the chaplain there at the squadron. I know exactly <laughs> what Bible you're talking about because we have had stacks of those in our house. Chris, my husband, we've bought some of those to give out. And that yeah. honestly gives me such hope to know that those things work because I've yeah. like, am seen them like pink camo, like blue camo. Like that is so crazy, man.
1: Wow. Yes, he carried that thing in his flight suit pocket. And like he was reading it all the time. It was so cool. And for me, I just really got to see his life change before my eyes. I remember one day he came home from work and we were sitting together and talking and he was like, Whitney, have you ever read the story of David and Goliath? And I was like, yeah, everybody's read that story. (laughs) And he goes, My favorite part was when David cut off Goliath's head with his own sword and holds it up to the army. And I'm like, that is not in the Bible. And he was like, yes, it is. I just read it today. And I had only had the Sunday school version. Like this is Uh what kind of Christian that I grew up as, like nominal, you know, a real relationship with Jesus, but like not reading my Bible, not stirred in my faith, not growing. It was like Mm. kind of like a stagnant, Up until this point and seeing Chris like reading his Bible, we got our Bible out together in that moment and read it together. And sure enough, there it is in the Bible. His coming to Jesus not only was like a tangible miracle that I got to see of like the power and transformation of Jesus in someone's life, but Chris's excitement and zeal and love for the Lord also stirred me on in my faith. You know, it made me question like, why is Chris? So excited about this, and I've known about it for so long, and
0: I'm not that excited. I love that you guys got to like grow together in that. Yeah, it's totally the Lord. Hey guys, I want to take a moment to thank one of our faithful sponsors of the show, Brave Witness Clothing. Brave Witness Clothing is a brand that encourages believers to dare to walk bravely and boldly in the life that God has called them to live. Through custom and prophetic painting on everyday apparel, you are able to express your faith while also looking super stylish. A few weeks ago, I received my denim jacket back from Brave Witness, and I was beyond satisfied with how it turned out. It blew my mind. I'm so excited to wear it out in public. Speaking, getting coffee, hanging out. It is perfect for any occasion. And what I love most is that all of the art is hand-painted. If you would like to connect with Brave Witness clothing, you can find them on Instagram. They are an Instagram site only at this point. I know they are looking to expand, but right now they are simply an Instagram-only site. So you can connect with them by direct messaging them at Brave Witness. Clothing. I cannot tell you enough how much this business means to me, how grateful I am for them being a sponsor. If you do place an order with them, would you please send me a message? I would love to connect with my Brave Witness Clothing community. You can go to their account on Instagram. It is Brave Witness Clothing. The heart of this business beats for Jesus, and I cannot be more excited to partner with them through Still With You. I can't explain it, but Ural's story has kind of like an echo in Pensacola. I have been in random conversations with friends. And I mean, I know that we're going to get to like Thailand and everything too. But like, I feel like this is a good point for me to just tell you, like, I have been in random conversations with friends and then someone will make a reference. Oh, yeah, like. Chris used to like worship and just like such abandon at the Blue Angel campus. I mean, granted, I've ha- I had many conversations with Emily when she came to visit you guys in Thailand. But there's been like other random conversations that I've had. Like I was in a, a small group where we were like studying, like hearing the voice of God and someone like randomly told a story. They were in a, at a coffee shop and they ran into Chris and Chris gave an encouraging word to someone. And then that like, even taught me, like gave me a tangible example of how to like encourage someone in public. I have not met your family in person but you guys have made like such an impact on my life that's the only word that I can say is that like I feel like the impact that you all have left in Pensacola and again like I know we're not even to that part of the story yet but like totally has like made a huge impression on my heart and changed it and your story just keeps like echoing back and forth even though you guys are like have connections here but you're not physically here if that makes sense
1: That's so amazing. I'm so honored by your words and I'm just so blown away at just the goodness of God. Yeah, There's a phrase that has been kind of settling with me um, over the last couple of weeks and it's his capacity plus our obedience equals abundance. That's good. That's just what it comes down to is that, you know, we're just people, you know, there's nothing really special about us. In the sense of like, God loves everyone the same. And our story isn't the exception. It's what God longs to do in everyone's life. And it's his, really his capacity. It's what he's able to do. All we have to do is respond. And out of that, he brings so much abundance.
0: You guys said yes, though, too, which is what I want to hear about. So like, when did God start stirring for you guys to just say yes to the plans of going into the world, into the nations? On the time frame of that.
1: So that was before Addie got born that Chris had come to the Lord. He was just growing in his faith probably about two years later we had another baby, Emma, and we were still stationed in Norfolk, living in Elizabeth City. And Chris was reading his Bible and he had met this really cool guy at work who was really crucial and influential in um, Chris's spiritual growth. They had gone on a detachment together and had been reading in the book of Luke, I think it was, where the young rich ruler comes to Jesus and he says, you know, what do I have to do to be saved? And Jesus told him, you know, keep all the commands. And he's like, like, well, I've done that since I was a kid. And then Jesus says, well, sell all your possessions and give to the poor and follow me. The Bible says that the rich young ruler walked away sad. And Chris brought that to me, you know, he had been gone for like a month and he comes home. And I remember him like saying it, you know, he just very literally read his Bible and just took it for what it (laughs) said. Like he's like, this is the word of God. Why wouldn't I take it for what it says? And that's so challenging. That just challenges religion. It challenges a nominal faith to take Jesus at his words. And, um, he said, I feel like I'm the young, rich ruler. If Jesus said to sell all of our stuff, that I would walk away sad. And I had spent like the last nine months nesting, painting our 12-foot ceilings and painting furniture and like trying to live the American dream with my white picket fence and my perfect life and the smocked dresses and the big bows. And I was kind of convicted by what he said, but I didn't want to accept it. And so I told him, I was like, God doesn't want us to be uncomfortable, which is just laughable. (laughs) But at the time, you know, I was like just blinded. I really was. That's where it began. And that was like 2012. And we got married in 2010. And we didn't really talk about it much. It was kind of a point of conflict, thinking about selling all of our th- our stuff and just moving overseas or just following God wherever he said go, just being willing. We got orders to Pensacola a year after that and we moved down to Pensacola. And I had in that year had really been just asking the Lord, if you've put this on Chris's heart, I want you to put it on my heart too. I could like dutifully follow my husband, you know, without asking questions, but. God, I want you to put this on my heart if it's true, if it's really what you want from us. Yeah. So we, we come down to – Pensacola. We got connected to Liberty Church, which was just a miracle in and of itself. We had like gone around and did the church hunting thing, trying to figure out which church was the right fit for us. And Honestly, Liberty was kind of there, but we didn't really think about it. We wanted to be a part of a small church. We had run out of options at this point. We we're like, why don't we just try that big church on the way to the base? Yeah,
0: <laughs> right on the back gate of the base. <laughs> yes.
1: So we did. We went one Sunday and we had just been asking the Lord, would you just confirm? It doesn't have to fit like our list of things that we want, but would you just confirm God that this is the place you want us to be planted and to serve and to love and to pour into? So we go to Liberty and it was just amazing. Like the worship was just like so amazing. Like the corporate worship, we were just floored. It was just so beautiful to experience the presence of God. And We sit down and the pastor was on vacation and we're just kind of like laughing at each other like, oh, the the head pastor's not even here. You know, Patrick Waters actually got up as he's giving the sermon and he's talking, you know, Mm -hmm. we're just sitting there getting ready to, you know, for the message. He starts what he's talking about and he just kind of like stops. It's kind of random. And he goes, if there's anybody out there wondering if this is the church for you, This is
0: it.
1: (laughs) And we looked at each other and we're like, okay, I think we're just going to take that for what it is.
0: (laughs) That's so Patrick, too, to be like that direct. I love him. He's great.
1: Yeah. So we did. We took it for what it was and we just plugged into Liberty. And so that was our home church from like the first couple months that we moved there. So it was a couple weeks after that, that was Missions Conference Sunday. And I had never seen one of those before. Our small little church in North Carolina supported like maybe two or three missionaries and you didn't really hear about it. It wasn't really a big deal. But here there were so many missionaries. They had tables in the hallway and missionaries out there like talking to you. It was just incredible. I remember that being like the first moment realizing like, okay, maybe the Lord is softening my heart towards this. Like maybe this is something that we are called to do. So that was kind of the beginning of missions. And one of the big things that like, The Lord used a particular family who were just preparing to go to the field. They were a young family. They had three small kids, and they just really loved the Lord. They had a lot of family in Pensacola, too. They weren't military, and I was kind of envious of that, too, like – These people are leaving their family that are here to like go, follow God to this other country to share Jesus with these people. And it was like the Lord used that family as an example of just obedience and what that looks like and how I'm responsible to that call that he had put on Chris's heart and was beginning to really stir my heart. That was kind of the beginning. The Lord just so gently nudging me in that direction. It was just a series of encounters with people. We met another couple who had been on the missions field for like 15 years. We met them at like a small group and we just like felt so connected to them. We didn't even know them, but we were like, whoa, we love them already. And so we got connected with them and went through a discipleship group with them. They just have this heart and burden for the nations that is so contagious. Okay, Glenn and Phyllis Hatcher, I don't know if you know them. I don't,
0: but I want to know them now. Do
1: they still live in the area? And no, actually, they're on the mission and they are in the Middle East. Wow. I can totally get you connected with them.
0: Please do. I don't know if you know this, but I keep a map and I've been doing this like since I moved to Pensacola, but I have a map and I have like all of my friends who are on the field like I put them in there so like you guys are like on my map but I put like little (laughs) sticky notes where people are at I pray over that every single day I love that I don't have the calling like if God gave it to me I'd totally do it I, I think I'd want to say that I'd be brave enough to be like you all and do that but like I truly have a have a huge heart to pray every single day for the people who he told them to go and they went And so anytime I can get a name to put up there, like, Mm -hmm. please connect me.
1: Yes, they are amazing. Glenn and Phyllis, they just really like birth something in us just for the nations. We were recommended to take a perspectives class. And I really think every Christian should take a perspectives on the world Christian movement.
0: That is like so on my list. Tiffany Chin, who's a friend of mine, she took me to like an introduction course where they had had a night where they were inviting people. And that is on my list of things to do. I just have not done it yet, but I want to
1: highly, highly recommend. Um, Globe does one every year in the beginning of the year in January. And I love the way Globe does the in-person classes. There might be some other perspectives classes in Pensacola, you know, that I'm not aware of, but it's amazing. And so the first lesson of the 15 weeks is the living God is a missionary God. Mm. That has stuck with me, you know, years after that. And I don't know that I'd ever read my Bible and said, you know what, God is a a God on mission. But if you look at the Bible and you read his story and perspectives just so beautifully presents it, he is on mission. His heart was for the nations from the very beginning when he made his covenant with Abraham. It was for the nations. Meeting Glenn and Phyllis, and then going through Perspectives, the Lord was showing me his heart. I caught it. He just has a heart for all people, yeah. that all people would know him. So we took that Perspectives course. We started in January. We graduated in the end of April or first part of May. It was a really kind of bad timing because I was
0: pregnant with Dorothy May. I love all of your girls' names. They are precious. Absolutely precious. Aww, thank you. <laughs> and you and Chris both did this class together, correct?
1: Yes, we did it together. We had some really great friends offer to watch our girls a time for us. We would drop Addie and Emma off at their house, they had one little girl at the time. That was the same age Mm -hmm. as our youngest. And so we would drop them off. They would feed the girls dinner. And then one of them, either Stephen or Melissa, the husband or the wife, they would drive both our girls back to our house, put them to bed at our house and hang out until we got back from perspective. That's so sweet. We could have not done it without Stephen and Melissa. They are just real friends. like They're just amazing. And then I was pregnant with Dorothy Mae and do in February. So like right in the middle of all of it, I had a baby. We did it and it was totally the Lord and it was grace for the season. We were expecting that through the class, the Lord was going to just reveal where he wanted us to go or what it was that he wanted us to do because we just had no idea. And so what we walked away with from perspectives was one unreached people. We just felt like that was a huge need that we wanted to meet was people who had never heard about Jesus. The statistics are just overwhelming. One third of the world's population has never heard of Jesus, never had the opportunity to hear. If you want to get some good stats on unreached people, you should go to joshuaproject.com or is it .net? I can't remember.
0: I'll find it and I'll put it in the show notes for everyone. I've been on your website and like I've been listening to you guys share and just had some of these that I was writing down. Like 41% of the people don't have access to the gospel and that's like worldwide. Is that right? Yes. That's like 3 billion unreached people in our world.
1: Yeah. So we knew unreached people's was so important. We also knew prior to that that discipleship was so important. Discipleship was something that we were already focused on discipleship where we were. So, we were working with the youth group at Liberty. Then we started working doing these DNA huddles, discipleship, nourishment, and accountability groups using uh, a gospel primer book. And um, we knew that relationship was so important, but we wanted to do that like wherever we went. We knew we wanted it to be in discipleship. So, discipleship making movements or church planning movements birth out of relationship. But we still didn't know where we wanted to go. We didn't really have a good Time frame yet. We knew we wanted to go as soon as Chris's contract ended. And this is why I need him on this call because I can't remember the dates very well. I think we were probably like a year out at that point. We were kind of like in a position where we needed to like basically tell his bosses, you know, either he was going to re-enlist or he was going to get out. We decided that we were just going to like make it known that we were going to get out, which you know, <laughs> Uh, that if you aren't a lifer, sometimes you get like the worst evals and it could be, you know, can a
0: declining work environment. We just walked through that. Literally, my husband, again, Chris, exited the Navy. He's on his leave because he collected leave, but we literally just went through that. He'd been in for eight years. And so I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. Well, really cool side testimony to all of that is we were afraid that that was going to be the outcome. Yeah. But the reality was, like when we put, so we put in a request to get to separate early. We wanted to leave for the field so early. So we put in this request. We fit the requirements. It was supposed to be approved, but it didn't get approved at the end. But we put it out there, risking that now the cat would be out of the bag and they would all know that we were getting out. But it had the opposite effect because Chris was already witnessing at work, he was already living out the gospel, he was already having Bible studies, praying for people and their wives were getting healed, like marriages were getting healed. Oh my gosh. Wow. When he was like saying he was going to get out, people were like, why are you getting out? And he's like, well, our family, we're going to go on the missions field. We feel like the Lord's asking us to get out of the Navy and go do that. And it was like really cool opportunities to just Challenge people. It's amazing. And a huge part of our support comes from those people who were there in Pensacola, who were his leadership or co workers, that some of them don't even go to church and they support us like huge.
0: Yeah, that is a testament. Just like yeah. the kindness of God. And also, like, didn't even know that when you'd said yes to that, that like it would be just like the ministry would start right where you're at.
1: Yes, yes. It's so crazy. Like, and that's why our obedience is so important. Even when we're Because we were afraid that it wasn't Mm going to play out really well. But our obedience to that opened up even more doors that we couldn't have even planned for ourselves, connections and, and things like that.
0: Hey friends, I hope you are loving my conversation with Whitney Lawson. I want to give you a few ways that you can continue to connect with the Crazy Lawson Tribe. Did you know that Chris and Whitney send out monthly newsletters? They are one of my favorite monthly reads and include detailed updates, pictures, and blog posts. If you want to be in the loop, you can sign up on their website, CrazyLawsonTribe.com. The work of our friends on the mission field matters and one way you can share with them is by signing up for their monthly newsletters. Again, I have found so much joy in reading along with them as they make me feel part of their own family. Visit crazylossandtribe.com sign up now. You can also find the link to this in the show notes of this episode. Now back to my chat with Whitney.
1: At that time, We were trying to separate a year early, but it didn't go through, and we still weren't sure where we were going to go. It hadn't been too long since we had finished Perspectives. We were in our car, driving somewhere, and at that first missions conference when we had moved to Pensacola back in 2013— and this is 2016, so three years earlier, that first missions conference, we signed up for a newsletter for Bill and Julie. We had started getting their newsletters, praying for them, supporting them. I had their newsletter up on our fridge. We hopped in the car. I think we were going to soccer practice for Addie or something on a Saturday, or maybe it was a soccer game. And I looked at Chris and I said, like, trying to ask a question without giving away what I was thinking so that it would be, like, yeah. unbiased answer. And I said, do you think that the Lord, like, brings people or connects people to us for a purpose, like, more than just, like, what you think it is? And he was, like, I don't know what you're trying to get at. Can you just be more direct? Yeah. So I- So I'm like, okay, do you think that we've been like connected to Bill and Julie for a reason? And like, maybe we should go to Thailand. And he was like, I don't know, maybe let's pray about it. So we're driving in the car on Blue Angel Highway. I remember it's just like this five second prayer. We're like, Lord, if you want us to be with Bill and Julie, Would you just confirm it? And would you just open the door? That Sunday, the very next day, we come to church. We're standing in the atrium. Chris looks up and there is John Lambert who taught like the last lesson of our Uh perspective class just a couple months before. And Chris is like, look, Whitney, it's John Lambert. And I'm like, I don't know who that (laughs) is. (laughs) And he's like, come on, let's say hi. He says hi. And he connected with John because he remembered he was prior military. So John had been in the military and then had gone to work at – I can't remember the name of the organization. But John went to work with Ralph Winters and all of these missiologists in California. Uh And so Chris walks up to him. We say hi. We kind of introduce ourselves. And there's his wife, Jacqueline. And their family and I'm over to the side talking to his wife and I'm like, Hey, I know you guys are new to the area, but if you need anything, like I'm here. Here's my number, you know, all the things. And Chris is having his conversation with John and his face is just like so lit up. I'm like, Whoa, what are they talking about? We say our goodbyes. We're walking out. Um, we're leaving and Chris is like, Did you hear that? And I was like, No, he's like, John and Jacqueline were with Bill and Julie in Thailand. And I was like, what? He was like, yes, they were. And I was like, I need to go back and talk to them. But they had already walked into service. They were going in and we were leaving. It was like this really cool moment of like, whoa, maybe this is what the Lord wants. So we did, we sought counsel from several different people. And then we reached out to Bill and Julie and they were like, we would really love that if you guys came. So we started the process of pursuing
0: that. And of course, as you know, that's where we are. Did you guys go and visit or did you move sight unseen?
1: So we had... Plan to move without ever visiting um, because we just didn't have the financial resources, believe with the military or the resources for childcare. We just didn't have it. So we were just going to go without ever seeing it. But we were strongly encouraged to. And I remember saying to our leaders, I get why you want us to go, but I just don't think that we can. But if the Lord makes a way for us, we will go. And the Lord totally made a way. We had a friend pay for our tickets for us, which is amazing. But for me, I got to see the Lord's provision in like even beyond finances. Not that finances aren't amazing when the Lord provides that way, but he provided in such a unique way with child care for our girls. One of my really close friends, her mom, who is amazing, she had six kids and she was in the Coast Guard and flew on C-130s. She's just like this amazing woman. And she's like, my only regret in life is that I didn't have more children. But she had six. Oh wow! Like, seems <laughs> just amazing. She happened to like be in between um, tutoring jobs. Mm-hmm. She was living in Georgia. She's like, I can just come to your house, Whitney, for two weeks and take care of the girls for you. And so she did. She came to our house and stayed with our three girls. And Dorothy Mae was just a year old. And we left her to go check this out. Like, it was just the Lord's provision.
0: That is why, like, even when you're talking about this family and then, like, Steve and Melissa, like, this is why those opportunities, like, they matter. Be Granted, they didn't go to Thailand. But if it weren't for those times of even, like, as simple as watching your kids, look at. How, what of a big difference? Those are like big turning points in your life. I'm just sitting here listening. I'm like, Yes, Coley, like this is why that stuff matters. (laughs) Like the big picture,
1: (laughs) right? It's like we're the body of Christ, right? And we each have our part, and we can't all be the thumb, we can't all be the toe, or the foot, or the eye. Like we each have our part to play, and we should take pride in that and just be obedient where the Lord's asking us to be obedient.
0: So, when you went to Thailand for the first time, when you step foot on that ground and like started to venture around where you could potentially be living. What was just like your initial reaction? Like, did you have a moment? Walk me through that part if you can. I had
1: never been outside of the country ever. That was my first time traveling internationally. I had a lot of extreme feelings. I don't know if you're big into the Enneagram, but.
0: Oh, yes, of course. I think that was one of the first questions I asked you. I was like, I have to know your Enneagram number because there was something you posted that made me think of it or you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah, You're a four.
1: Yes. Yes, I'm yeah, a yeah. Yeah, four wing three. And um yeah, so I have big emotions. And I like feel things very deeply. And I think one of the hardest things or maybe like challenging things to process when we first got there was seeing extreme poverty that I had literally mm-hmm. never seen. In my mm-hmm. life, and that was really hard. And then seeing extreme poverty next to extreme wealth, like such a stark yeah. contrast was like even more difficult to process. Mm-hmm. It just felt strange. Like I just remember it being really hard. So we stayed with Bill and Julie and we just like kind of shadowed them for a week and went and did like uh they have like house church meetings and we traveled to people's homes. There somebody in the church family had died. And so there was a funeral that we went to. Looking back now, I can see why it was really hard because I have more context for the culture. Mm -hmm. But at the time, it was just really overwhelming. I didn't understand anything that they were saying. I was very uncomfortable. It was very dirty. My feet were black at the end of the day, every day. It was long hours. It was just exhausting. I remember after day three in Thailand, they call the bathroom the Hong Nam, which means water room. And it's exactly what it is. Can't get the walls wet here in America. But in the Thai bathroom, it's tile from floor to ceiling like everywhere. It's just literally the water room so we would go stand in there and we would just take the shower head and like wash our feet off before we would get in bed at night oh yeah and I remember standing in the bathroom and just crying my eyes out and just being like what are we doing yeah are we really gonna do this you know just feeling like yeah like this is a big Deal, mm-hmm. and I remember Chris just taking my hands and just praying right there, and just trusting Lord. We're, we're gonna trust you, God. We're gonna trust you. It, it this is gonna be hard, but we're gonna trust you. The next day was like, or maybe it was a couple days later. It was after our first full week. We were saying goodbye to the ladies. These, like, leaders in the house churches. There's this one, and I love her to death. And I've gotten to know her over the years that we've been there. She is just the most amazing. Her name is May Pai, and she... At the end, she just kind of adopted me. That whole week, she was like next to me, like making sure I had food, making sure I had water, that I was okay, that I knew where the bathroom was. Like she decided she's going to be my mom. <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving, and we're, we're, we had finished this meeting. She grabs my hand, and in English, she says, "Love you, love you." Oh wow! And. I just burst into tears and I'm like feeling emotional thinking about it right now. Yeah. And that was like a moment of confirmation. Like these people don't look like me. Mm -hmm. They don't talk like me. I can't understand them. I feel so uncomfortable around them. But when we worship together, like I feel his presence. And I knew that it was the unity of the Holy Spirit that I felt in that moment. And I was like, God loves these people. Mm-hmm. He loves me a pie. And I'm like, I have to come back. I have to come back. <laughs> like, I can't not ever see her again. And so I remember leaving that night and like going to bed and just turning over and just being like, this is right. This is where we're supposed to be. I remember saying that to Chris and it was, totally was the Lord. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. Parts of our story, I'm like, people probably think we're crazy, which is why we're called the Crazy Lawson Tribe. Like we're pretty crazy, but it's so fun. It's so fun. It's hard sometimes, but there's nothing like following Jesus with all you have. He's never going to let you down. You're never going to go too far. He's got you. And that has been so proven over these years of just stepping out in faith like he's never let me fall once.
0: You might remember from season two our friends from Chow Bella Boutique. This is a local business in the Pensacola area that I absolutely love. Not only are they family owned, but they always offer unique clothing, jewelry, and accessories that fit every style for any occasion. Chow Bella is not just another spot to shop. Their passion for fashion, faith, and friendship is what truly sets this business apart. From head to heels, Chow Bella desires for women to feel beautiful. Just recently, they made a trans Transition to moving solely online, so there's gonna be more flexible room for our friends outside of the Gulf Coast to grab their own Chow Bella apparel, jewelry, shoes. Oh my goodness, there's just so much that they have for you guys, and I want to connect you with this boutique. You can go to shopthebella.com to start filling your wardrobe today. Also, they have an amazing opportunity for you to save. When you shop now fully online, you can use the code Bella20 to receive 20% off your entire. Entire order When you shop with them, this code does have an expiration date, so it won't be around forever. So get a steal on something sparkly and support a local business. Again, the girls at Child Bella are some of my favorite people, and I could not be more proud to partner with them through Still With You. Again, you can visit shopthebella.com. Use the code Bella20 for 20% off your entire order. Shopthebella.com.
1: leaving thailand after visiting confirmed so much that that was where the lord was leading us i was really grateful too to just have the experience and just kind of have a visualization so that I could prepare my children and help them with their transition. So I was really grateful. So when we went to visit Phil and Julie, from the time that we moved, we still had one year in the Navy. We just knew that we didn't want to wait and do like a year of fundraising after getting out of the Navy. We just wanted to seamlessly get out of the Navy and go straight to the field. And the Lord really like, made that possible for us to just be working, Chris working a full-time job. I mean, really, our support raising was friendships. It was so incredible. It was just our friends and people that we had poured into over the years, and they're still with us. (laughs) You know, it's just relationship. That freed it up for us to be able to just really be where we were, enjoy the last little bit of our time in
0: Pensacola. I think that Pensacola is so interesting because I've heard this from many people and maybe you'll agree with this that I feel like Pensacola is such a training ground, not only like for obvious reasons, like the Navy that like one third of the Navy goes through Pensacola, but as a whole, I have learned so much about Jesus and just have grown so much in my faith. And I feel like I've seen other people too, who they come here and like, it's like a launching pad is what I continue to hear. Do you agree? Yeah,
1: I think that's so true. Like Pensacola has a rich history just in being a place like that where the move of the spirit and yeah. different things I mean revival happened here and out of that were so many things mm-hmm. that were birthed that I think that we are still seeing the effects of that today and there are so many amazing people here too that have decided to sew into this place because it is such a transient place like it's just a great opportunity like a great uh-huh. place to have the changing of hands where people are coming and going. What is your day-to-day life look like in Thailand? There's kind of two sides to it because I homeschool. I'm a stay-at-home mom uh-huh. and my job hasn't changed too drastically from America to Thailand in regards of homeschool. So I homeschool five days a week with our girls. A lot of times ministry, in quotations, ministry, Is done by Chris. So he goes out and does the in house visits and the trainings like throughout the week. Yeah. And then typically on Sundays, which is our gathering day, where the house churches all gather together for corporate worship and just a time of sharing testimonies, a word, a short word. So it could be from any one of the Members sharing from their Bible or just something that the Lord put on their heart or Bill will share something or will will share something. Um, And then there's a long time of prayer, lots of prayer, um, food. There's always food. So Sundays are kind of like the day that the kids and I get to go. It's more of a relaxed setting. During the week, it's more of like house visits. So they go and check on different people who have been kind of interested or like family members of one of the believers, the ladies, the church leaders. They have like this list, this like notebook with like people's names and their telephone numbers. They get together on a Tuesday, one group meets on Tuesdays and they will do a training. So they'll learn, you know, a teaching right now, they've been going through the 10 commands of Jesus. And so they'll go through a training, they'll learn how to teach the training to someone else that they, they are discipling, they'll pray Um, They might worship a bit together. It's usually really simple. After that, about an hour or two of the training, they'll get their notebooks out and they'll start saying, who should we go see? Should we go see this person? Should we go see this person? And they'll all three get on their telephones and they'll be talking at the same time and like seeing like, do you want us to come to your house? And either the person will say like, yes, come to our house. So then there'll be about three or four houses we'll visit and we'll share the gospel with them. They have really cool tracks and picture Bibles. Usually we'll start off with singing. Everyone wants a blessing in Thailand. They want you to pray a blessing. And so that's a really great way for us to get in these houses. We'll pray a blessing for them or their kids or pray for the sick. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really a very organic way of sharing the gospel. Um, We just listen to the holy spirit and just leave room for whatever Mm -hmm. the lord wants to do and these ladies are like pros they're like (laughs) they're amazing like they are so gifted at sharing the gospel and like it's really cool to see how for us like we're going over a lot of bridges to get to their culture it's so different from ours. Do you speak Thai? So I'm not fluent. I have been studying Thai over the last three years.
0: Do your girls, are they learning it too? I am
1: taking lessons well was taking lessons before we were here but the girls aren't I'm surprised sometimes with Addie Chris and I since being in America we'll speak Thai to each other if we want to say something that we don't want other people to know what we're saying we said something the other night and Addie knew what we were saying we were talking about watching a movie after the kids went to bed and she like knew it she's like you're gonna watch a movie and I'm like how did you know that (laughs) I love that that's so cool (laughs) she's picking up a little bit on it but because we homeschool. We're like home a lot. They're not taking any type of Thai classes. It's a hard language. It really is. Bill and Julie, are they your neighbors? For the first two years, we lived nearby, Mm -hmm. probably about 20 minutes away. But like the beginning of this year, Bill and Julie actually were able to get a house in our Muban. We're so excited. She's literally five minutes down the road from me. Like I could just say, hey, Chris, (laughs) I'm just going to go over to Julie's house for a minute." and we can drink coffee or tea. She makes the best scones. Okay. She's amazing with butter. That
0: is so cool.
1: We'll just pray together or we'll worship together. We'll paint. She is an amazing
0: artist. She's just- Oh yeah. And so are you. Like I saw you guys doing prophetic paintings the other night. Yes. I love art. Yeah. So Julie is amazing.
1: I love being with them. They're just- It really is such a great privilege to serve with them. Which is so
0: cool because I didn't even know that you knew them at all. And they had come to downtown Liberty downtown last summer for a mission Sunday. And I remember being in the lobby, Bill and Julie were there. I remember my friend Tori and I, we were just like, hey, can we just pray over you? And this was during a time when I like, I really have been like trying to ask God, like, I really want to hear your voice clearly. I was in a small group where we were like, like learning about how to hear the voice of God. And so I kind of had this like fire inside me and I remember like praying over them and I said something about like rain or something. And I remember afterwards, like Julie was like, Oh wow, that was like so prophetic. And I remember like lighting up because I was like, Oh my gosh, God, like I'm hearing from you. Like I'm actually hearing from you. And because I'm such like a fan of missionaries and I was like, Oh wow, like Dylan, Julie, he was like, I prayed a prophetic prayer over them.
1: And Julie is so prophetic. Like she has such a gift from the Lord. She just is amazing. But I'm sure that like (laughs) totally made her happy. And rain is significant. Like it has been so dry in Thailand the last couple of years. So it has two seasons. It's rainy and dry season. And it only rains for like three or four months out of the year. Maybe even less. Our region in Isan, they desperately need the rain those months where their rice crops will fail. And so we work with farmers. Like that's who we work with, these poor farmers. And so rain is significant. Like that is a prayer that we pray often that the
0: Lord would send the rain. (laughs) You telling me that like means more to me than you know, like that is the links that God will do to show his children that he is pursuing them. Like Whitney, thank you so much for even just sharing that because that just like blesses my heart to hear that. I'm
1: so happy. Yeah, I totally think that was the Lord like 100%.
0: What can we pray for you guys now? And like, what is the biggest need to help come alongside and champion like all of the great work that you're doing? We shared in our last newsletter that we
1: had been unable to renew our visa. We have a one-year visa with an organization there and through complications, we are basically at a standstill Even before the coronavirus, but now with the coronavirus, it's even more up in the air. It would just be amazing to just have prayers just covering over the visa and that the Lord would just make a way for us with that. I think too, like, because we're here in America right now and things are so uncertain, I personally have just had a deep longing for home and our girls, especially our oldest daughter, Addie, she'll be 10 in July. My girls, they just really love the Lord. But Addie, it's been so fun to be with her along this journey of following the Lord. And seeing her faith grow and her faith be stretched. We weren't in a house by ourselves. We've been staying with people for the last three months, which has been a huge blessing in so many ways, but we weren't able to have a place for ourselves. We knew that we were going to be here a little bit longer than we had planned. And so we reached out and we were able to be able to rent a place for a reasonable price and not commit to a long lease. And so we're in a house by ourselves, which is just such a gift from the Lord just to have our space. But recently, Addie was just kind of expressing that she really misses home. Yeah. I think that being a missionary, we have two places, you know, that we call home. There's our home, our host country, Mm -hmm. and then there's our home. That's our host country, our home country and our host country. Honestly, neither one of them quite feels like home anymore. You know, it's like, yeah. They both feel like home, and at the same time, they don't feel like home. To share about Abby, she was mentioning that she missed home, and I feel that too. And I think what the Lord has just been showing us is that He's our home. Yeah. And so if people could just, like, specifically pray, like, that God is our home and that we would feel at home, you know, not look to a place location or our stuff, like our comfort, but that we would look to Jesus and that He would just be so present that we would feel
0: at home and at peace in Him. That's a prayer that we all need to be praying. Like, And that honestly like, just breaks my heart to think that is something that you all carry, not feeling settled. It's a
1: challenge. I think that everybody faces different challenges. I mean, this is a season, it's like unprecedented, the season that we're in as the world, you know, like we're living in this place of so many unknowns. It's like we desperately need Jesus. We desperately need to keep our eyes on him. And it's just a good reminder, I think, and truly God's mercy. I think that this
0: is an opportunity for us to wake up and say that we need him. 100%. As I've been like in the word, I feel like God is just like, highlighting like so many of these things that I like, never noticed before. I pray that people who not even profess Jesus as Lord that they will notice like I didn't notice this about like maybe that's God like that it will pique their curiosity and like that their boredom will turn yeah. into something they can't run from and that like that Jesus will like grow out of that you know as we're stuck at home right now. Wow like I'm really going to be praying for you guys. I, I mean this with my whole heart like I pray for you guys every single day and that's not for me you to be like oh my goodness thank you like I just want you to know that like i thank the world of your family i remember hearing like emily come home and tell us that like there was one time when she was staying with you guys in thailand you had got a headache your girls and like chris came and like prayed over you and i was like why don't i do that and like we start doing that in our home now like i seriously just had like a like a sinus pressure headache today my chris we prayed over it and like i don't think i would have made that kind of oh like why wouldn't we take that to the lord if I hadn't heard stories like that before. And so I mean it when I say that just because you all are not presently here serving like the echoes of your obedience, like they still sound here. And I'm just one person. I wasn't even really here for when you all were here. So I can't even imagine like granted, like, of course, everyone in Thailand, but your obedience, it's amazing to me. It's radical. It's bold. And I'm so grateful.
1: Oh, Thank you so much. I couldn't even put into words either how like, it just blows me away how God just, it's just like, why would he use me? Like I shared my Mm -hmm. testimony with you. Like we're the least deserving people. It doesn't even make sense. Like why God would just call us out of where we were. There's a scripture that talks about him taking us from the muck and the mire and placing our feet on solid rock. And that was what he did. And I like just feel so humbled and just so grateful that God would use me and Chris of all people to just bring him glory. I think that God loves to do that. Like he loves to use the simple to confound the wise. He loves doing that kind of stuff. It's amazing. It encourages me so much just to hear you say
0: that. The other gift that you guys gave me is the first time that I'd ever heard the podcast was played internationally was in Thailand. Uh That was absolutely crazy to hear that. And I like never dreamed because I knew who you were, but I like didn't know that you all knew me. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's the Lawsons. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. I can't say it enough how grateful that I've been for you guys in my life. Again, like I'm just one girl. <laughs>
1: Well, I love your podcast. The first episode I think I listened to is actually Emily, and I love her too, by the way. Oh, she's amazing. She is. And I am so thankful that she came to stay with us. She could never know what a sweet gift that was for our family. Like, she is Auntie Emily still to our girls. They adore her, and I adore her. I think that it was just so cool to just be with her in Thailand. She mentioned you, and that she, like, I saw that she was being interviewed by you on a podcast, and I I was so honored by the things that she said about us on your podcast,
0: just blown away. After that, I was hooked. So how could I not? I love your podcast. That's like so sweet of you to say. I can't even tell you. I'm going to say what she said, which is like, you guys are good soil to sow in. So like anyone who is even like, oh, maybe I should like support them. Like absolutely do. If they want to learn more. Of course, like go to your website and like watch all the videos. And like the, I view, the videos of you and your daughters like worshiping. Too. Oh my gosh. They are just so sweet to watch. Like I can't wait to meet you guys in person. And I don't know. Hopefully one day I'll have that opportunity. Yes. Lord, let it be so. Is is there anything else that you would like to share before like I ask you like the final question? One thing I did think about that I want
1: to ask prayer for. There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Yeah. One, if you think about it, pray for the people of Thailand. The harvest is plenty, and we are just believing that 22 million Isan people would come to know the Lord. That Isan is the people group that we work with, and we are just believing that the Lord would just bring about fruit and that that people group would come to know the Lord and not only come to know Him, but their identity would be that people would come out of it. They would be the sending people. Kind of like in South Korea, there were no known Christians and it just like blew up. And now there are so many Korean missionaries we are like believing the same thing for the Isan people in Thailand. They would not just come to know the Lord, but that they would send people out into the surrounding closed nations to spread the gospel. And then secondly, pray for workers. We need more people to say yes to the call of foreign missions. We need people out there to bring the gospel, to be the hands and feet and to respond with yes and me. I want that
0: too. And I will be praying for sure. And I just hope that everyone (laughs) who is just like, stop what you're doing and just like pray that, that like the harvest is is full and we just need people to just say yes. So just say yes, pray and pray for the Lawsons and pray for the Esau people because man, God will do it. God will do it. Yes, he will. The podcast is called Still With You and you can answer this however you want. I always ask, um, where is God still with you?
1: At the ends of the earth, you're still with me.
0: That is so true. I'm sure you felt like you're at the ends of the earth before. Yeah. Yeah. It- it's so interesting. I've never heard anyone answer that, but that is so like true. Like we've all felt like that before. And I love that answer. Thanks. I love that. Wow. Man, what won't you do it like <laughs> a four, Like get me all in my feelings with things. <laughs> well, I love sevens because they bring
1: so much joy. I think Dorothy May, our third. Mm-hmm. I think she might be a seven. I have suspicions, but she is such a joy. She has this smile, that I've never seen you in person, but on your Insta stories, your smile is just this bright spot. It's just like this joy that like sevens bring. And so yeah, I love Thank sevens. Thank you too. so
0: much. That is like so. Sp- of you to say like I appreciate that so much wow (laughs) Whitney again like I love your family I'm so grateful for you guys and man I just ask that the Lord just continues to bless you in every single way that he'll just like remind you guys of home and just you guys are such a gift and I just speak life over Thailand that they'll just continue to be blessed like the Islam people everybody you guys are amazing and you're welcome on the podcast anytime and I just love you all so much
1: Thank you, Coley. It's so awesome to talk to you and to spend time with you, get to know you, to share my story and to share God's story. Yeah. Thank you so much.
0: I told you, right? Every single second of this episode was worth listening to. Do you not just love Whitney's heart? Oh my goodness, is her voice not the sweetest? I feel like we should have a podcast just for her to come on and encourage us every single day. I think her voice is so sweet, and I love the work that she and her family are doing selflessly. If you don't have a picture in your home of them, why don't you consider taping one up on your wall and praying for them every single day? If you feel even an inch pulled to give and support them friends I ask that you do so they are wonderful soil to sow into and they're just doing the work like Whitney said the harvest is ready but the workers are few so we need to get after it since speaking with Whitney when we recorded for this episode a few months ago she mentioned how they are still continuing to pray for visas and there are a few things that were kind of up in the air about when she and her family were going to be able to go back to their home in Thailand because of the effects of the coronavirus virus, please be continuing to pray for them as they process through all of that. But I wanted to give you a little update from Chris and Whitney. In the beginning of May, they reached out to their immigration contact in Thailand and were told that there are no new visa applications that were being accepted in this time. This means that they will most likely be delayed until the first of the year, 2021. Chris and Whitney have been praying, listening to the Holy Spirit, and seeking counsel from trusted individuals. With international travel closed and with their current visa status, they felt that God was beginning to lead them into a new direction of ministry. So the Lawsons are excited to share that next month they are moving their family to Mobile, Alabama to serve an international student ministry. This organization is led by Jim and Mary Mather, Friends of Internationals. And I'm going to read you a small message from Chris and Whitney. They say, we are so thrilled to have you as a part of our team along the journey with us. Our heart is for the nations and discipleships. Friends of Internationals is strategic in reaching countries that are closed to the gospel, we have experienced what it feels like to be a foreigner in a strange land, and we get to be their hands and feet of Jesus for international students adjusting to a new place very different from their home. Our vision, just as with Thailand, is to bring hope, joy, and freedom by the power of the Holy Spirit to make disciples equipped to grow in Christ, live on mission, and reproduce. And what a testament to their heart, even when one door closes to them, that they continue to pray and seek and serve until God shows them what their next step is. I just cannot thank you enough for listening to the full length of this episode. If you would like to support the Lawsons in any way, would you please visit their website, crazylawsontribe.com There are ways that you can give, get involved and follow along with a story that God continues to write through their radical obedience. I'm so thankful to be a friend of their family and I know that they live with their arms wide open and would love for you to join them in their journey. So again, Crazy Lawson. And tribe.com will be in the show notes for you to find. If you are also another Pensacola local, you might know Bill and Julie Hughes. I'm going to put a link for how you can see the cool stuff that they're doing in Thailand as well in the show notes. All of this can be found at my website, coleybrowning.com There is always so much more that can be found at my website. There are opportunities for you to connect with me. I would love to hear from you. Use the website or feel free to follow me on social media. My handle is pretty simple, Coley Browning. I would absolutely love to hear from you and let me know what you think about the podcast we are making plans for season 4 and one of the best ways that you can support the show is by leaving a review on iTunes or giving it a follow on Spotify both preferably but I'm grateful for anything that you choose to do I think Whitney said it best that God is still with us even till the end of the earth so we have nothing to fear let's go out and be bold be brave, be you and remember that he is still with you.